Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. Hello everyone, I am Reggie John and this is Logistic Tech Dialogues presented by Kale Logistics Solutions. This is our new weekly dialogue on innovations and technologies that make logistics move faster and deliver better. Logistic Tech Dialogues is brought to you in partnership with Kale Logistics Solutions, a trusted global logistic IT solutions provider for several Fortune 500 companies worldwide. The effect that technology has had on industries all over the world cannot be understated. Its influence is prevalent and has transformed the way in which companies operate as artificial intelligence, automation and big data begin to take hold. The air freight and logistic industries are certainly no exception. Increasingly, logistic companies are seeking partners to further investigate application and deployment of robotics and automated vehicles. Robotics are poised to become a major trend in the industry. They are already popping up at cargo terminals and warehouses, freeing humans from everyday mundane activities, leaving humans to deal with more complex customer service oriented functions. My guest today is Dr. Suraj Nayar, founder and chief technology officer of Speed Cargo Technologies. Speed Cargo Technologies is a deep tech startup providing products and solutions for the air freight and logistics sectors. Suraj holds a PhD in robotics and artificial intelligence from the Technical University of Munich in Germany. For close to a decade, he has been active in the European robotics space and has contributed to robotics projects in the automotive, medical, and aerospace sectors. In 2015, he moved to Singapore and has served as a principal investigator at TumCreate under the National Research Foundation, which is with Singapore Prime Minister's office. Suraj founded the Speed Cargo in 2015 as a project funded by Civil Aviation Authority of Singapore and National Research Foundation or NRF. Suraj, welcome to Logistic Tech Dialogues and great to have you for this conversation. Thank you, Reggie, and it's always a pleasure to speak to you. So I'm looking forward to this chat. Let us uh, start with the uh, um, briefly talking about Speed Cargo before we begin talking about your three products uh, and the technologies behind them. Tell us about the, a bit of a, about your company, about yourself and the reasons why you started uh, Speed Cargo. So I think you've introduced uh, myself already, so I won't uh, get into that again. But I was mainly active in the European robotics space for uh, more than 10 years. And I moved to Singapore in 2015 to uh, start a new robotics group as an extension of our activities in Munich. So I stumbled upon an uh, industry-related call for a problem statement from the cargo industry. And this problem statement was announced by the Civil Aviation Authority of Singapore. And they were doing a challenge called Aviation Challenge. And uh, we responded to this call and uh, we got selected to participate and we got funded for this. And the problem was basically to automate the very laborious process of building and breaking down of ULDs, uh, mainly pallets uh, for air cargo specifically. So we started working on this concept. Uh, it was very, very focused uh, in terms of robotics on how to actually uh, uh, do the build up and breakdown of ULD pallets uh, 
automatically with robots. And that's how the project started. And it was funded by CAS uh, Singapore. Uh, but there were a lot of industrial stakeholders uh, who were uh, reviewing the project every six months. And this included Singapore Airlines, SATS, uh, Dinata, DHL, uh, the Association for uh, Cargo Agents in Singapore, and for example, players like Usain Logistics. So what I'm trying to say is it was a problem which came from the industry. The problem statement came from the industry and the industry basically helped us to build technology for this space. So whatever we built after two years in 2018 was very well accepted by the industry. Uh, as a result, we got another round of funding uh, from the Prime Minister's office directly to take whatever we had developed as a technology to market. So we did two things with that. We used the funding to uh, make the technology into a product uh, by deploying it at Changi Airport and working closely with stakeholders like SAS and Dinata. And we also build a pipeline to uh, formally establish a company in terms of attracting investors in this field. Uh, and we successfully managed to start Speed Cargo Technologies as an independent deep tech startup in uh, the mid of uh, in actually July 2020, and the whole team moved to the company in December 2020. How serious are issues like revenue leakage, inefficient operations in the air cargo operations, and how do Speed Cargo propose to address them? Because these are the problems that has been identified by the industry, and uh, you've been asked to find right. a solution to that. Uh, so how serious are this? And uh, what is the level of uh, or intensity of uh, solutions that you bring on board to uh, to control revenue leakage as well as to bring in efficiencies in operations. Like I started by saying that the origin of Speed Cargo started as a very hardcore robotics project. Why I say hardcore? Because we were doing um, high mix, high volume, high uh, heavy uh, manipulation uh, robotics. But when we are trying to solve this problem, we realized that there are many other problems to solve first before robotics becomes even relevant uh, in this space. And one uh, important part was digitization of physical cargo. And there were several value propositions in terms of digitization of the physical cargo. Why I mean physical cargo? Because most of the digitization efforts to, even today are to mainly focus on digitizing the paper. But you forget about the physical cargo because the physical cargo has a lot to talk about itself. And one value proposition which was across the board accepted was revenue leakage. And uh, I think you know why it happens because forwarders a lot of times book cargo uh, with a certain de declared dimension, but when they bring the cargo to the warehouse, the dimensions are different. And this sometimes happens because of deliberate underdeclaration, but sometimes it, and it can also be because of us, or sometimes the cargo when it's booked is not even manufactured. But because of this discrepancy, uh, the airline suffers a, a lot of loss in revenue. So with accurate dimensioning, you can try to mitigate this problem as uh, to a large extent. But it's not just about the technology, how to actually embed the technology into the workflow of the customer. They can digitize every single piece of cargo efficiently and extremely fast is basically uh, the key challenge. And that is what we have managed to address with Cargo Eye. When, so when we started developing our first solution, which is Cargo Eye, which is for cargo dimensioning plus plus, and that's why we call it a cargo digitization solution. The main design criteria was because there were many other players operating in the market, but they were all mainly legacy system and hardware centric system. Ours is a more software centric approach. So we are 80% software, 20% hardware, while the others are 80% hardware, 20% software. And why I say software-centric approach is because we wanted to allow the cargo terminal operator to implement this in a way that it they can 
do 100% dimensioning because only when you do 100% dimensioning, you will get a clear picture about your revenue leakages. So we, we had two challenges. First, to make the system extremely interesting in terms of its form factor, very small, out of the box, yeah, easy to install, easy to calibrate, easy to operate, but at the same time, try to make it affordable in terms of the pricing model because the market is operating at a different price and the, uh, the way the cargo terminal operations work in terms of low margin, fragmentation, very difficult in terms of making investments, even, especially during the COVID time. Uh, it becomes very difficult to, for them to adopt it at scale. So that is what we have tried to solve with CargoEye, to give them a possibility to digitize so that they can scale it within their network. Because what we try to give back to the customer is statistics with respect to the data. So for example, if you see my background, you will see these dashboards there. So it is, it is very less about the hardware, but more about what you can do with this data. And with this data, we can tell you who is under-declaring, which forwarders are under-declaring, which airline is losing the most amount of money. Does this happen periodically or it happens every day? So a lot of these statistics can be pulled out from the data. Suraj, uh, it looks like a perfect match. Uh, it's a perfect marriage of uh, software and hardware. Uh, and uh, your tagline is uh, digitize your cargo and automate your cargo operations. Uh, and these happen at warehouses and cargo terminals. Are they as easy as we think? Well, it is definitely not easy. Uh, I would rather say it is very, very complex because uh, both you and I know that uh, the cargo side of business in, uh, in aviation, it really has a 30-year innovation gap. And this is not just an innovation gap in terms of the actual physical process, but also mindset, right? So although across the board, including operations, where they don't have any... Um, problem in admitting the fact that cargo operations are quite lagging in terms of technology adoption and how they do business, uh, the mindset to change is the difficult problem to crack. So for example, we have been lucky working with uh, some very, very like-minded and uh, future-looking leaders in the cargo space, but we have also been extremely lucky because they have also managed in certain organizations to inject it to their ops. So the ops and the C-level are quite aligned, which allows us to transform the operations using technology rather easy. But I would not say that this is a phenomenon which you will see everywhere outside Singapore. And we have been uh, in that uh, there is sometimes a lot of resistance from the operations to change. It's not that they don't want the technology to come in or they don't like it, but the, the change is what they fear. Because, for example, it is very difficult to inject a technology as is and make everything work seamlessly. So there are times where you might need to work with two systems or you might need to have two mental models when you're trying to approach your ops, at least for a certain time when the technologies can get uh, stabilized. Yeah. So this is where you need more support from uh, both the C-level and both the ops. So I think change management, uh, a strengthening of the change management process for the cargo terminal operations is uh, something which, which we think is the biggest challenge we have. It is not really the technology. Let's talk a bit more in detail about your three products uh, and the technologies behind them. And let's go one by one. Uh, cargo I, it is, uh, it is about instant and accurate dimensioning and creating digital records. Uh, tell us how it is done. And uh, is the same for every customer or what is the level of customization that you do I, from um, like you have a customer called Dinata and how it would be di different to to a Changi airport, which op which has got a different uh, different uh, customer who operates site. Cargo I, like you said, it's it's a digitization 
tool. It's a digitization system. Why we say it's a digitization system? Because it does dimensioning, but it also captures uh, the pictures of the cargo in up to 4K resolution from each side which can help in auditing, in damage detection, etc. We can also do deep learning based uh, semantic uh, extraction on the cargo, for example, labels like dangerous goods, this side up. Uh, we can identify what kind of packaging material the cargo is made up of. Like, for example, if it is wooden, if it's a styrofoam, if there, are, there is a skid at the base, because these kind of information helps us do planning at a different level at the next stage. So Cargo Eye is basically a digitization system. In terms of technology behind Cargo Eye, we are using the uh, state-of-the-art technology in time of flight, uh, 3D vision, and we have developed the software from scratch, yeah? spending a lot of time on the ground uh, for the last uh, four to five years on what works, what doesn't, and what are the real challenges. So there's a lot of uh, advanced 3D sensing. There is a lot of uh, computer vision, but there's a lot of thought in terms of uh, the product development from a software architecture point of view. And this is where uh, we help. Uh, the software is completely cloud-based. Uh, we use the Microsoft Azure Cloud, and we are using the latest technology in terms of cloud connectivity. Uh, for example, we are using the My Microsoft IoT Hub and IoT Edge technology, which makes the data which we capture on the ground available in a very fast, secure, and scalable way uh, in the customer's uh, backend infrastructure, allowing them to do real-time analysis of, like I said, different types of statistics, different types of upstream, downstream information, which can which they can use for real-time decision-making, but also uh, long-term planning. So that is about Cargo Eye. And uh, I must also say that uh, in terms of the audience of Cargo Eye, in terms of the users, it, it is applicable for the airlines, the ground handlers, the large forwarders, the smaller forwarders. And this is why we have a suite of products in terms of Cargo Eye, in terms of the, its capabilities and the form factor. We have three, four camera systems where we can scan large jet engines. We have used our usual three camera systems, which is usually uh, typically used at the truck docks of uh, large ground handlers or forwarders. Then we have smaller systems, which are two camera systems, which can be either on a, a, a moving platform. Uh, we have a single camera system, which can be uh, on a, a tabletop uh, and, and uh, of course, we are soon going to launch a handheld tablet version, which can be used uh, by smaller shippers or smaller forwarders. And all this is basically uh, uh, exposed to the customer through a unified Speed Cargo Cloud API. So it's about talking to our API. So no matter which cargo wire you use, you will get the same facility from the cloud backend. Let's come to Cargo Mind, and it is about... Uh real-time capacity optimization, thus increasing uh, or optimizing yield. Uh, how does it manage multiple ULDs, keeping in mind regulations, types of cargo, safety, compliance with the weight and balance of aircraft? So Cargo Mind is our the brain of the speed cargo technology suite. It is the most complex part or at least one of the most complex parts of the technology uh, we've built. So what it does is it's, it's basically tries to optimize cargo boxes into a capacity. A capacity can be a ULD, pallet or container. It can be uh, a, a, a warehouse space. It can be a container or any other capacity, any 3D volume, which can be defined mathematically, or we can plan into this 3D volume with boxes. Yeah. But this itself, is, so this is usually a bin packing problem in the mathematical space, which is already an NP hard problem, which means it's a hard problem. Now, the problem becomes much, much more complex and hard for us when and we try to put in more constraints. Like you said, we cannot just pack things uh, to occupy the max 
maximum volume into a capacity like a ULD, but we have to adhere to all the different regulations of, for example, IATA plus plus. So for example, weight and balance, cargo down, lighter cargo up. If a cargo is stackable, uh, not stackable, we cannot put any cargo on top. If uh, that cargo is not tiltable, we cannot tilt the cargo. There are segregation rules. The segregation rules are defined by IATA, but trust me, every airline has its own segregation rules on top. For example, when we were planning for Scandinavian Airlines, there was a lot of important segregation rules for fish. Uh, when we are planning for, uh, we are, when we are discussing with Cathay, they have their own uh, requirements. Turkish has their own. So there's a lot of segregation. Uh, then we have dangerous goods requirements that the uh, cargo has to be packed in certain way. Two, car two different types of dangerous goods cannot be on the same pallet. So there are a multitude of constraints we need to solve. So while we are trying to optimize capacity, we need to solve to, for a lot of these constraints and try to ensure that the we can get the best, we can still get the best capacity utilization. And that is what Cargo Mind does. So it's a complex, non-linear, uh, multi-constraint solving algorithm, which solves this extremely complex problem, but it solves it very, very fast. So I'll give you a statistic, and this has taken a, us a lot of time to develop. Uh, I can pack a main deck PNC uh, with high mix cargo in less than 700 microseconds on a very generous laptop, a very standard laptop. Yeah, We can fly a, a pack a complete 747-400 freighter in two or three seconds. Yeah. And this process usually takes hours. So we give the power to the ground handler and the airlines to use this tool to keep packing, keep packing, keep packing as they get more and more rich information. So that is that is that is basically the idea of Cargo Mind. It is a capacity optimization engine, but it is operations ready. So it plans, it provides you a digitally planned pallet which can actually be built in real operations, taking into account uh, business constraints, taking into account regulatory constraints, but also taking into account the actual physical constraints which happen on the ground on a day-to-day -day basis at a ground level. And this is what sets us apart from other people who are trying to do uh, capacity optimization because there are a lot of people trying to do this, but they always plan a ULD and they go upstream into the customer's business. We go downstream, we go to the operations because if you build a digital pallet in your computer and your ground ops are not able to replicate it on the ground, your aircrafts are not going to fly full and your bottom line of the company will not change. After two months, you will realize that hey, nothing is changing. That's because what you're planning does not work on the ground because the ground is uh, cargo operations on the ground have a lot of nuances. Everybody builds a overhang a different way. Uh, there is a lot of decision making happening. There is a lot of intangible knowledge in the packer set. So that's all gone into a product design on how to bring these people on the ground on board the technology. Yeah, you have called it as a cargo mind and uh, you also have a plugin called Assemble which enables a manual buildup of high density pallets uh, digitally planning using cargo mind. How does this work, uh, the, the plugin work? So the plugin was basically a real realization we had once we started spending a lot of time on the ground at multiple ground handlers. Because like I said, Speed Cargo was always about the robot, right? We already have a POC with the cargo arm which will I talk talk about later but the industry is not yet ready for it but it will be ready soon and come with a big bang with the robotics soon but in the in the meantime we need we need the we need to allow the people on the ground to build a com sophisticated computer generated pallet so that is what assemble is all about it is a man machine interface which which converts your digitally planned pallet to something which can be built on the ground so it is basically a handheld device with a uh, application which instructs the people on the ground to build the pallet in a certain way. Yeah? 
and we have and this is a very complex process which we realized uh, while working on it because you cannot always force the person on the ground to follow your instructions 100% uh, because a lot of things change and the uh, things are dynamic on the ground so we built assemble as a communication engine where we provide information uh, uh, to the ground uh, staff on how to search and retrieve cargo and how to build the cargo on the on the ULD in terms of guidelines yeah and we are not forcing them so there is a lot of flexibility so it is really a man machine interaction system which allows us to realize uh, the pallets on the ground while taking into account exceptions which happen on the ground which can be modified and sent back to cargo mine for the final manufacturing uh, it also helps the person on the ground to audit each and every step of the build up process which is currently a black box people really don't know how pallets are built there is no digital record now you can actually see how your your you, with cargo eye and cargo mind you basically get a complete visual journey of your cargo right from your truck top how did it go into storage from the storage how was it put on the pallet so you can see a visual build uh, timeline of your pallet getting built up so assemble also helps capture these key milestones of the build up process which can be later used for quality control which can be used for auditing and it is also a very good information suite which the customer of the ground handler can sell back or provide back to their customer and the third one is uh, third of product that you have is cargo arm which is your robot and automates uh, cargo handling build up yeah. and breakdown of ulds and provide integration using automated guided vehicles or conveyor systems uh, tell us how advanced this automation process is at at cargo warehouses so we have a poc which we completed successfully at saps in singapore which is a very large operation they handle around 2 million tons of cargo uh, a year and uh, what we managed to do there uh, is we managed to show that we can build high mix high volume uh, main deck and uh, lower deck pallets uh, in around between 20 to 40 minutes so that's uh, using the cargo arm technology so the cargo arm technology is basically uh, advanced uh, gantry robot robotic system which is highly scalable uh, it can manipulate cargo up to 3.6 tons uh, with a precision of 0.1 millimeter and it can move up to 4 meters per second yeah so this is uh, uh, the capability of the robotic system but the challenge really is uh designing the gripping system because cargo unlike at uh, e-commerce warehouse and all these robotics warehouses you see the cargo in air freight is very very unstructured it is high mix it's high volume and it is a very high payload so in robotics after you cross the 30 to 50 kilo barrier robotics changes completely yeah then we are going into uh, a territory where you are talking about very high payload safe manipulation so there are a lot of challenges in terms of motion planning dynamics because you are working with very very sophisticated physics a uh, lot of constraints so this is what we have tried to solve in cargo arm uh, it it is really advanced high level and low level robot control specifically for air freight like operations and we have de designed some very sophisticated gripping system which handle for example in uh, uh, in a warehouse like uh, that it handles up to 80% of the cargo we so that is what uh, the cargo arm currently is it is completed its poc stage and we are currently in discussion with some very big players to launch this into the market but this is a long process this will take at least 2 years from now you know suraj uh, we have been talking about um, what we call is the island of innovations we see that there are certain portions in the air cargo logistics or logistic value chain there are certain stakeholders really actually innovate but 
the idea is how do we have that seamless connection of uh, different stakeholders to ensure that information passes through different stakeholders and then brings in brings in that efficiencies how do we bring in that connection among these three to a customer but i i don't know whether uh, a customer like uh, like dinata employs all these three uh, three product of yours uh, yes, at Dinata, we have all the three products. I would say Cargo I, Cargo Mine, and Assemble, not the Cargo Arm yet. Uh, and these are all already connected through a unified data layer, which is the Speed Cargo Cloud through APIs. Uh, and uh, the Speed Cargo Cloud talks to the customer's cargo management system. So I remember we have we, we were speaking on another juncture and uh, there was a very important point made by uh, uh, the, uh, the CEO of Cargo One, uh, where they are also connecting with different systems and there are a lot of standards being developed. So uh, what we also see is that there are a lot of standards being developed and there are people waiting for standards. But if you want to actually connect to the value chain, it is not that difficult because today, most of the large or relatively large or even medium-sized player are working with, at least from the IT backend point of view, near to state-of-the-art. Yeah. So when we talk about APIs, every, the API concept is quite well-established in the cargo community. So you can have multiple systems, but as long as you can expose APIs, you can connect to them. So that is also our philosophy and approach. Uh, we provide very general purpose APIs. And if you want to connect to our system, even if you have a legacy system, you can just talk to the API. And that is, in at least in the short term, that would be our approach to go and uh, provide support in terms of API connectivity uh, between uh, uh, two systems. So it's basically interoperability despite of incompatibility. Robotics are actually a heavily capital intensive uh, investment that uh, terminals have to make. Of course, the 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 long-term benefits are really, really uh, huge. Uh, what is the level of interest from cargo terminal operators uh, into, into cargo and uh, use of robotics at the cargo warehouses? Of course, uh, it is CapEx intensive, but if I look at it, it is not as intensive as for example, an MHS or uh, ETV system. But yes, and uh, it is it is very important for us to understand how investment is made within uh, a large organization like SATS or Denata. Uh, usually they make a infrastructure investment and that's an investment for say 20 or 30 years. And then they don't change. Yeah. And that's why you see end up seeing older systems in large warehouses. And it is not their fault because they would not make heavy CapEx investments every five years. So it is the same for the robot. So as long as there is value, they will invest. Yeah, and we have established a value proposition. But what are, one of the things what we are we have done as a company, uh, uh, of course, we have launched the Cargo I, Cargo Mind, and Assemble. Because even if a ground handler wants to deploy the robotics, they first have to do the digitization and optimization. And only after that, the robotics becomes relevant. But when that robotics becomes relevant, we also have worked on a lot of commercial models to make uh, adoption of such CAPEX-intensive systems practical for the ground handler. So there are different concepts we are currently exploring in terms of how do we license the hardware, uh, how do we license the software, and how do we uh, plug in the hardware, which is the CAPEX part. So there can be lease modeling, there can be a, uh, indirect financing. So there are different ways in which we are trying to see how, when we are ready with the cargo arm, how to position in the market. There is also concepts where we are exploring like infrastructure as a system. So for example, uh, I guess you have already heard about the plans in Singapore. In fact, the construction is already going on for uh, the new Changi terminal, which is going to be larger than the entire existing airport. The Changi East terminal, which is going to be built, is currently under construction will have its new air freight facility. So we are also in discussion with stakeholders on how to now equip this 
new facility with this kind of robotics technology and provide it as an infrastructure as a service to the ground handlers, where the ground handlers do not have to invest, but the investment is from the airport itself. As a shipper, if someone actually books a, a freight on a marketplace and then information is passed down the lane, at what point in time that you are able to have that information and what point in time you come into picture or some of your products come to come into the picture? That's a good question. The entry point to our system, if you want to digitize the cargo, is Cargo Eye. Although the three products don't depend on each other, Cargo Mind can work as long as there is clean data, dimensioning data from Cargo Eye or any other source. But uh, this is also one of the problems we want to address. We want to get information as early as possible so that you can start doing planning. Yeah. And uh, as of now, we have deployments at ground handlers and freight forwarders uh, in terms of cargo I. So I would say that we start getting information as soon as the cargo comes to the freight forwarder. Uh, that is the closest. But uh, I, in, during uh, my chat with you uh, a while back, I told you about a multitude of types of cargo I we have, different form factors, different pricing models, and different uh, accuracy ranges. So for example, the low end ones are the ones we want to push downstream as much as possible. For example, towards the, at the shipper. So imagine you have an SME, which is uh, sending out uh, shipments to the freight forwarder. They can have a handheld device or another system where they can already capture the uh, uh, image of the cargo and the, the rough dimensions of the cargo. We don't need, need it to be very accurate. At the ground handler, we need it to be very accurate because we need to also see if there is a revenue leakage. But at the shipper end, it is uh, enough to have crude dimensions and a good picture of the cargo because our machine learning al algorithms can already extract a lot of information, which we can start using for planning. So this basically then helps the entire value chain. And in order to connect the value chain, we are trying to establish uh, our speed cargo cloud, where different uh, products at different parts of the value chain push information to the same cloud. Tell us about your partnership with Microsoft for 3D vision technologies and Google for uh, for robots. So Microsoft, we have a very long history with Microsoft. And when we started building uh, the Speed Cargo technology, we looked around uh, uh, what are the sensors out there. And uh, we very, very quickly realized that the Microsoft time of flight sensors, the Asia sensors, are the best in the market in terms of the quality and the price. And this including the comparison with industrial sensors, the Microsoft sensors. Are the best. So we have been in a partnership with Microsoft where we have uh, received early access to this technology. So we, 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 we had the sensors with us even more than 18 months before they were launched in the market. And that, that kind of interaction with Microsoft continues. So they are helping us a lot with the sensing so that we can focus more on the application and less on getting the sensors more accurate. But we also get uh, visibility into the plans of Microsoft in terms of sensing the sensing technology so that we can align our product development roadmap. So that is about the sensor. Uh, but uh, on, the, uh, on the other side, we are also getting a lot of support in terms of the Microsoft Azure cloud platform. Uh, not just the basic cloud, but the new uh, features on the cloud, like the IoT Edge, IoT Hub, which helps us scale the uh, uh, the Cargo I system in the customer's network. And we also get a lot of support from the most advanced uh, cloud experts at Microsoft uh, in terms of our product roadmap. Uh, so this is on the technology side, uh, but we are also Microsoft B2B uh, partner. Uh, so we are in the Microsoft uh, partner program, which means if any, uh, any big company or small company in the Microsoft global network requires technology, we become visible to them. Yeah? So for example, we are Microsoft co-sell ready. So you can today buy Cargo Eye on the Microsoft App Stores, which is only for B2B players, but also on the Azure Marketplace. 
So that is the kind of support. And also in when we are trying to scale out of Singapore into the global market at different areas, we get access to the Microsoft ecosystem in terms of systems integrators, distributors, etc. And what about the Google for uh, yeah, robots? So Google, Google, we have had a very, very long history, more than two decades working with. So Google is a very silent, but a very big player in the high-scale robotics industry. So if you go to a Audi or BMW plant, you will have hundreds of robots working. But these robots are sitting on platforms which move the robot itself in a very high precise manner. And most of these are, nine out of 10 times, these are Google systems. So Google is a, a very advanced and high-scale gantry robot manufacturer in the world. They are the market leaders and they are based out of Switzerland. And they have we have been working with them uh, on the robotic sites for many years and uh, throughout the Speed Cargo project. And last year, we uh, we uh, agreed that uh, we will take the Cargo Arm product to market together. Because uh, Speed Cargo as a startup, we are very, very good at software. Uh, and we want to be lean. We want to work on the software. But we don't have experience in terms of taking very large CAPEX intensive projects, high-risk projects, project management. But this is what Google and Google systems do uh, on a day-to-day basis. They build big lines for Mercedes-Benz or uh, BMW. So they understand uh, the hygiene factor is very high and the systems integration not very high. So basically, they will front the cargo arm project in terms of material handling project, while Speed Cargo comes in with the most important part, which is the software, uh, and which is also the high value part. So as a strategy, we want to be a lean startup providing the highest value to the projects. And uh, so we take the software part while the project management, um, the hardware and uh, execution of the large scale projects will be done by Google. And do you have any prototype already ready for the cargo arm? So we already have a prototype which is past the POC stage at SACS. It's installed installed in the SACS warehouse. And currently we are working with Google and another uh, company uh, on a formal project. But uh, because of COVID, things have become a bit slow. Uh, but uh, probably in the next two years, it should um, uh, you can see it deployed in a real environment. Tell us about the Cargo Eye and Cargo Mind, uh, how they are commercially applied, uh, where, where are they deployed, who are your customers, uh, how the trials are going on now. Some of the large B2B players in the ground handling space, currently we are already engaged in commercial relationships are SATS and Dinata. Uh, we will soon start uh, projects with Swissport. On an airline side, uh, we are working very closely with Air France, KLM uh, and Emirates and Singapore Airlines, of course, because they are partners. And uh, our next major project will be in Dubai uh, because whatever we have done and uh, successfully demonstrated for Dinata Singapore uh, is currently being, uh, uh, we, are, we are working towards scaling it to Dubai, to Emirates Dubai and uh, Sky Cargo, Emirates Sky Cargo Dubai and Dinata. Dubai. Uh, so that is basically uh, in terms of cargo eye and cargo mine. But we are also working with uh, multiple for- freight forwarders. Uh, for example, we have installations at XPO Logistics, uh, which is basically the 3PL side of uh, the air freight. Uh, we are currently working on a deployment with DHL uh, in Singapore. Uh, and we have uh, interest from Flexport in Hong Kong, uh, Cathay Pacific in Hong Kong. So, so there are a lot of uh, people, uh, also Maman Group in Israel. So uh, there are a lot of uh, projects which are in the pipeline. Uh, uh, hopefully the COVID travel restriction will ease out soon. So that is basically currently holding us back. Finally, tell us about your plans for the future growth scale up of your operations. Uh, because you mentioned already about some of the new customers and investment yeah. and funding, you need a lot of money to uh, really scale your business. We are only six months into uh, operations uh, as a company. And we just closed our seats 
stage round in uh, March. Uh, so we have an investor on board, uh, Blue Into Ventures, and uh, which is also a venture builder. Uh, and one of our uh, key investors, uh, Enterprise Singapore, which is the government of Singapore. So the money which we have raised uh, as a first round is basically for the main objective of deploying our technology at multiple ground handlers and freight forwarders, not many, but few, and show that the proof of value, the proof of value is verified. Yeah, by the customer. So this has, to a certain extent, already happened because we have paying customers in terms of, uh, say, uh, both for cargo I and cargo mine in form of Dinata. But now we we have to replicate it. Yeah, uh, we can't just do it at one location. So the next eighteen months are basically to get some big projects going in, some uh, like a couple of ground handlers, airlines, and forwarders across the globe. Yeah. So this shows that the business is working. Uh, so that is our main agenda. So we are also building up the team to hit this milestone. And while we are hit, trying to hit this milestone, we will try to be prepared for our next fundraise, which is in 18 months. And that will be for the scale up. So that will be our Series A funding. So we have already investors interested uh, in the Series A uh, participation, but it's a bit too early for us at the moment. Suraj, uh, it was uh, such a pleasure talking to you. Great insights into how automation and robotics are changing the future of uh, logistic industry. Thank you, Reggie. Always a pleasure uh, to talk to you. And I hope to talk to you again soon. That was Dr. Suraj Nair, founder and chief technology officer of Speed Cargo Technologies. Join me next Thursday for a fresh and a new episode of Logistic Tech Dialogues presented by Kale Logistics Solutions. Until we meet next Thursday, take good care and be safe.